welcome everyone. Um, we're happy to be here. This is uh, podcast number nine uh, in our series, Finding Your Zone, uh, Mindfulness Practices for the Healthcare Workforce. Um, I'm Jama Green, and with me... Hey, Jama, this is Victor Jones. Glad to be with you this morning. Yeah, um, I, I love these opportunities to see and talk to Victor. So Absolutely. It's always fun. Um, there are a couple of things I need to um, let everybody know about. Uh, first of all, this podcast is going to be about what can organizations, institutions, employers do to prevent and treat burnout in the workplace. Uh, so that's what, what we're going to be talking about a little bit. Um, don't forget that there are um, several ways to listen to this. Uh, Spotify, Apple.com, something called Buzzsprout, and you can go through the Area L AHEC site and get contact and CEU hours. Um, one new thing that we want everyone to know is that um, there is now in the body of the podcast description. So you go to Spotify and there's a little blurb, talks about the Surgeon General and what the podcast series is about. In that description is a link to um, a we're calling it a questionnaire, for lack of a better word. Basically, we want your feedback. We want to want you to tell us what you want us to know, um, what worked, what didn't work, uh, what have you done with this information, any comments. Um, so please uh, hop on that link and, and let us know what you think. Um, we're hopeful that the last podcast, um, some if not most of that podcast, will be sort of taking those questions, sharing those comments. Um, I'm thinking it might be cool for listeners to hear what other listeners are doing and thinking. Um, so uh, that's on there. Uh, don't forget that there is also on the Area LA Hex site a list of resources that we will be updating. Um, so check that out. Uh, okay. Did I get it all, Victor? Sounds good to me, Jamie. Okay. Uh, so um, – Treating, bur- treating and preventing burnout in the workplace. What 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 do our what do our leaders need to be doing? What do our organizations need to be doing? Um, to start off, I'm just going to quickly. Oh, I should get mine too. Um, review a couple of definitions. Um, compassion fatigue is uh, that reduced capacity for um, empathy towards clients. It results from repeated exposure to their trauma. Um, compassion satisfaction is experiencing fulfillment and remaining positive when helping others, even though the stories may be hard. Um, burnout is the psychological syndrome that emerges um, over time uh, as a prolonged response to chronic interpersonal stressors on the job. Um, and burnout is a huge problem. The, the three key dimensions of this response, burnout, um, are an overwhelming sense of exhaustion, feelings of cynicism and detachment from the job, um, a sense of ineffectiveness, lack of accomplishment. Um, So um, sort of that change in your worldview. Um, It's more than just uh, being stressed and tired of what you do. It's a very, uh, it's a a shift in view. Um, So uh, Victor's going to tell us a little bit about how significant some of this is because it's, it's real. It's out there. Absolutely. So I'm going to give you some of the statistics on how <clears throat> prevalent this problem is. So some of the statistics on compassion and burnout, 
according to uh, the, there's something called the Sunday Scaries, or we may call those the Sunday Blues, which are feelings of anxiety or dread that happen the day before heading back to work. So those there might be um, a feeling of dis-ease, if you will, on that Sunday or whatever that day is that you're heading back to work, but just or maybe just thinking or hearing yourself say, man, I sure wish I didn't have to go in tomorrow. So according to a LinkedIn survey, 80% of professionals say they experience the Sunday scaries, with over 90% of millennials and Gen Z reporting they feel it. Job stress costs U.S. companies over $300 billion annually due to accidents, absenteeism, diminished productivity, employee turnover, workers' compensation, and direct medical, legal, and insurance costs. 75% of respondents in a Mental Health America and Flex job study agreed that workplace stress affects their mental health, and 75% experience burnout. And this brings to mind my earlier days in my career of working in the ER. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. I was covering the ER, getting up at 2 and 3 o'clock in the morning to address uh, situations that were brought in for psychological reasons. Yeah, wow. And a number of those folks were having struggles regarding their employment. employment. Yeah. And they were carrying that stress and they didn't know what to do with it. Some were new into their careers, which only added to their stress. What are they going to do after all this time, all these years of investing in an education and certifications and so forth, and now not wanting to go to work. Actually, let me say it this way. Almost feeling incapable of going to work. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And uh, and some of the folks have been in their jobs for a really, really long time. So I've had folks that were referred to me uh, after 20 years of service and their health has started to go down yeah. without a quote-unquote medical reason. But... And looking at what was happening on their jobs, how, and some of these folks were just incredibly, incredibly gifted as far as being workers, but they would sometimes be like the person that could do everything, so they were being called in to do everything. Can't can't sustain that. Yeah, the balance was not there. Yeah. Yeah. And I do believe that one of my better decisions in my own life, when I was working um, a government job early on, and it was just unbearable. I had actually gotten in my car, Jamo, gotten dressed, gotten in my car, was heading <laughs> heading to the job. And probably a mile before I got there, I just turned around. I oh, said, wow. I, cannot, I, I can't do it. I yeah. called in. I said, I'm out. Yeah. And that was, that's not the way to quit a job, but. Yeah. It was it was it was way over my head. I could uh, it was not healthy for me to go in there another I get day. You. I get you. Um, so yeah, these are incredible statistics. And I don't know if you remember, but th- this series came about 
because through some of the work I do with AHEC, talking to healthcare institutions around our tri-county area, mm. one of the things we started hearing was help us because our turnover is crippling. Mm-hmm. We can't keep people. And it's because of burnout, mm-hmm. mostly. Um, so, yeah, that's that's why we're and sitting And that's in the way that we do things, that we have to look at yes. our structure. Yes, yes. Yeah. So, so that sort of leads into we, we talked about b- burnout and compassion fatigue um, or earlier in another podcast. Um, but that was sort of angling at the individual's um, what can I do as an individual to to what self-care look like, right? The, we want to talk a little bit about what what are – so you're the organization that's struggling with turnover. What can you do, mm-hmm. right? What what can our healthcare industry, organizations, institutions – so a lot of this um, is applicable to organizations that are not healthcare related, right? Because I think burnout and, and high turnover happens in a lot of places, not just healthcare industry. Right. Um, so there's some, there are some kind of interesting ways that workplaces can look at this. Um, f- for example, uh, there are questionnaires available on burnout rates, right? So you can give, give this survey to your employees and find out how many people have, uh, are actually facing burnout. How, how bad of a problem is it? Um, and there, there are a lot of different ones available. There's a Maslock burnout inventory. Um, that one uh, is has good correlation to outcomes in health systems. Um, it is uh, a little bit pricey. Um, a group report uh, for an uh, uh, an employer is about two hundred dollars. Um, there is a BATC. Um, that looks at four core dimensions, exhaustion, mental distance, impaired, emotional, and cognitive control. Um, there's an Oldenburg burnout inventory. So g- get on get on the internet and Google um, uh, tools to measure burnout, and, you, and you'll find all kinds of things. Um, there is a, a website called Mind Tools, M-I-N-D-T-O-O-L-S, that has a burnout self-test. So if you're worried that you're burned out, you can... See what your score is. So, so find out what find out what how how big a problem you have is one of the first things to do. Um, organizations need to ha- have access, easy access for their employees to confidential employee assistance programs, right? And it 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 it, can, it can't be stigmatized. It needs to be easy access and um and and a, and a good thing to do, not a bad thing to do. Um, there are also look up and find and post information about um, crisis referral services. There's one called Safe Call Now. There's Crisis Text Line, National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, um, Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration has uh, all kinds of hotlines and resources. Um, so find the resources and make those uh, that information available to your folks. Um, the resources are important, but healthcare employers also need to create a culture that supports and sustains employee well-being, right? Um, so, so your employees need to understand that um, that my boss's administration is concerned about this. They're mm-hmm. concerned about me. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so tossing it back to you. Anything you want to add to that? On that last note that you just said, well, one thing is – we got to take burnout seriously, and I think we mentioned this earlier, that burnout and 
um, a condition called post-traumatic stress disorder. Yes, we did talk about that. Those are very closely related. So if you are tempted to um, underrate uh, the issue of burnout, uh, think about post-traumatic stress disorder. One of the things that we know about post-traumatic stress disorder is that it doesn't have to be caused by a single event, a single traumatic event. We can live in a stressful environment, and over time, that is wearing away the physiological, psychological, neurological resources of our bodies. Same thing with burnout. Going into the same environment and feeling um, discounted, unappreciated, uh, having to fight your own survival instincts in order to stay in a position that is not healthy for you as an individual, those take uh, those those create a lot of wear and tear on the nervous system. And so this is a very serious thing to consider, and it's going to be so much healthier for you as an individual, as well as as a um, as a parent, as a as a family member, as a friend, to really pay close attention to how yeah. an environment is affecting you. And I'm I'm wondering uh, if we can go off script a little bit. Um, and instead of what's what was next, I'd, I'd love to hear about some of the work that you've been doing with organizations around burnout, compassion fatigue, because I know that's that, that's been part of your work, right? Oh, it has been really important for me. One because I need it myself. I finally, I finally had to acknowledge my own um, limitations, if you will. Yeah. And then, and then, uh, appreciating my own limitations, I have to appreciate those of other people. So, about two, three years ago, let's say three years ago, as I was dealing with my own situation on burnout, and uh, looking at what was healthier for me, where I felt healthier, that's where I brought what we do as resilience educators into a community uh, format, where. We would have something that I've been calling connection circles. And actually, it started out with an emphasis on substance abuse, recovery. Mm-hmm. But what we found was that there was this common thread of different types of trauma throughout really all of the participants, everyone that was there. So it wasn't limited to... Um, it wasn't limited to substance abuse, but it could be our childhood. It could be uh, mm-hmm. our feelings of abandonment, whatever they may be. So as we're talking about burnout in the community, we're talking about our own childhood histories. We may be talking about our family's history, and we're talking about what's going on presently in our lives. So in developing and practicing as a group, which is really important, practicing one relationship connection with the other people that were present, let's say six to eight people, but I've done these with much larger groups as well, we would be present with each other, practicing healthier ways of communicating, healthier ways of noticing what was happening in our bodies, practicing healthier ways of resolving uh, heightened sense of our nervous system 
or disturbances in our in our nervous system, and the the results have been remarkable. Remarkable. One of the folks that was in the group is retired and had a um, an issue with with high blood pressure, but by working together and practicing healthier ways of mm-hmm. listening to each other, being present, validating each other, recognizing where we were. Yeah. Her blood pressure went down 50 points. Yeah. She was surprised by it, <laughs> and so was I. So we're talking about the life-sustaining importance of addressing issues such as burnout, learning how to take care of each other, practicing relationships. I've got a good friend, Kim Pevia, who's part of the Lumbee, mm-hmm. the Lumbee um, um, tribe in, uh, in Lumberton. And I think she's kind of coined the phrase, connection is medicine. Mm-hmm. And that is very much true. Connection is medicine. Yeah. Our relationships are medicine for right. us in right. every sense of the word. And I think um, there are good ways there are ways that organizations, institutions can foster those connections. Um, Absolutely. And I, I, is it all right if I t- tell you a little bit about um, a very cool uh, article that I found as I was looking into some of this? It's um, out of Michigan State University. It's called 12 Ways to Reduce Employee Stress and Burnout. And there's some kind of creative different ra- ways that, they, that they've come up with. Um, it, but all, again, aimed at making connections and making sure that um, – the boots on the ground in an organization know that the, the people in the administration are there and are concerned. Um, so, so a couple of the things. One, one of my favorites was um, hold walking meetings. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, it's not going to work if you've got thirty people at a meeting. But you know, a lot of your meetings are five or six people um, have an agenda. It'll be a meeting, but walk, mm-hmm. get outside while you're walking and talking and covering the meeting. Um, I mean, that's a rapid reset, right? It's a rapid Take a walk. reset. Um, involving so your just, body. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Get a little exercise. Um, uh, uh, I thought that was a was a good one. Um, the idea of uh, flexible scheduling. Mm-hmm. Maybe let that work from home day be hump day, Wednesday. Okay. Right? That, that break. Um, promoting a work-life balance. And I think it's important – when you're talking about that, that um, administration needs to model that, mm-hmm. right? right. Um, work-life balance. Um, I mean, holy cow! How what would it? What, how would it look if your your boss stopped by your office at five o'clock to make sure you were getting ready to go home? Right. How about that? How, um, how about you, administration says you know you're going to take an hour for lunch and you need to not be working through it. Right. Right. Promote that work-life balance and and model it. Um, yeah, I think that's an important thing. And, um, and you know, one of the funny things is in in societies that do that, the production is actually higher, right? The uh, the health issues are lower, so the healthcare costs are lower. So when we actually take care of our of our bodies, when we actually take care of our nervous systems, yeah. there is a cost benefit yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to the company. Yeah. Um, you just, you got to, got to recognize that and, and, yeah. and make it, make it part of the culture. Right. 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 Um, 
em- encourage your employees to take their vacation time. Mm-hmm. You know, h- how many people do you know mm-hmm. who get to the end of the year and they're like, oh, my God, I've got 20 days of vacation that I have not used yet. Yeah. Right. Um, what's wrong with that picture? <laughs> right. Right. Um, right. And, and model that at administration needs to model that, too. Absolutely. Right? Um, encourage people to use that vacation. Um, the the work from home options, especially for uh, employees that maybe are juggling medical appointments or childcare uh, or parental care, um, right. giving those supporting those employees in managing their outside of work stress, um, prioritizing that workplace um, wellness, mm-hmm. right. Does your office have? Does your your workplace have a, a gym? Um, yes. Is there a walking trail? Um, yeah. So, uh, encouraging people to take a mental health day if they need to. Mm-hmm. Um, that uh, employee assistance program is is critical. Um, that that can promote self care and stress management. Um, and and here's what you're saying. According to um, some research, every $1 invested in an employee and family assistance program provides more than eight times the return on investment Get due to improved town. productivity and reduced absenteeism. Wow. Um, wow. So, yeah, the, the, the research is out there. Wow. Um, the other thing that administration needs to do is, is enforce management training, right? Managers mm-hmm. can be the biggest factor in, in engagement and retention. Oh, yeah. um, there was a study that said 60% of respondents said they left a job or would leave it over a bad boss. Mm-hmm. Um, 58% that they would stay at a job with a lower salary if it meant working for a great boss. Right. Um, organizations need to ensure that those supervisors are given um, tools and skills, employee management tools and skills, um, which should include appropriate ways to provide feedback and goal setting and communication skills. Right. That's That's going to – Provide your employee with a with a visible I, I care about you, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, open communication, leading by example, um, welcoming feedback from employees. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so, know, thoughts. Well, as you're talking about that, Jane, uh, I'm thinking about how people are trained, if you will, to be supervisors. You know, and what the school of thought that that comes from, that they may be coming from, and then especially in a society that does have so much uh, of a history of of hierarchy and oppression and so forth, uh, men over women. We have our, our um, BIPOC. Uh, hierarchy and all of that stuff uh-huh. uh, to to anglocentric thinking, and that is woven throughout our education systems. So we bring those old um, harmful schools of thought along with us, and and we can ignore the fact that it's really not working well for our own mm-hmm. health. So it makes me curious about. What happens with our uh, supervisors? And that was actually, sadly, there's a very recent situation where a supervisor, I think, has 
become a mass murderer. I mean, not not to say that people right. the, that are listening are going to become mass murderers, but what I am saying is that the stress is very mm -hmm. real, and so none of us are immune to the effects right. of it. And so how we are trained, how we are educated to be leaders can itself be very detrimental. Right, right. Um, yeah, so giving those supervisors the tools it helps them manage their own stress, I think. Right. You know, to, to, to teach somebody how to do it well, it's going to decrease their stress. It's going to increase productivity of the employees. Yeah. Um, but it's it's not intuitive stuff. No. Right? So no. it really does need to be a, an intentional teaching thing yeah. um, for those folks. Uh, okay. I think we're about running out of time. Um, anything else? I, w I will say that in my present position as a manager, one of the big things that I wanted to do was to make sure that I took care of my people, but that also has meant me taking care of myself, mm -hmm. yeah. right? So, and so the old impulses that I have that were taught into me, I have to <laughs> be real about them, slow down, do things in a really healthy way, and especially to do things in a way that I want the folks that I'm responsible for to do things. The way, right, the modeling so, piece. Right. So whenever I'm talking to them, I'm thinking about how would I want them to talk to another staff person right. and especially how would I want them to talk to a parent for whom they are responsible yeah. for. Yeah. So, and that has, that has paid off really well. Uh, the resources that I've been drawn on and practicing that has Good. paid off really well awesome. for them as well and especially for me, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you. Um, good information. Uh, don't don't forget, um, listeners, uh, jump on that link and give us your comments, questions, thoughts. What do you want us to know? Um, the next podcast is going to be around workplace violence. Oh, boy. Yeah, we might need a rapid reset after that one. <laughs> uh, so we hope you will uh, be with us for that one. Thanks. This has been Jama. This is Victor.